Welcome to Law School Podcaster, your source for inside information and advice on the law school application process. I'm Althea Legospi. You hear it all the time. First-year grades are really important to law students, and second-semester grades can be your best chance to distinguish yourself. These are what law firm interviewers and prospective employers will look to when you're hunting for summer work next year and beyond. The study habits you hone and strategies you develop help you learn what works best for you. These are also the keys to earning top grades and continuing to improve as you progress in law school. Mastering these good practices while you're still a 1L will serve you well, not only in law school, but can aid you in passing the bar and succeeding as a lawyer. We speak with law students, a professor, and an editor from a commercial outline publisher who give us insight for our show today. We're joined by Massachusetts School of Law at Andover's Ursula Fury Perry. She's their Director of Academic Support and Director of Bar Essay Writing. Senior Series Editor Barbara Lassoff is with Wolters Kluwer Law and Business, the publishers of Emanuel Outlines. And students Epiphany Marquez from University of Texas School of Law and Nicole Kaunacki from UCLA School of Law are both three L's. Over an academic lifetime, we've all developed study patterns that have gotten us through many exams. And while what worked for you in undergrad may still apply, as Massachusetts School of Law Fury Perry explains, there are some key differences between undergrad and law school exams. First of all, I don't think cramming works in law school. I think that for a lot of students, the law is just a foreign language, essentially, and, and you've got to learn your terminology, and you've got to take the time to look up terms that you do not know because you won't understand the cases and what they stand for if you don't. Um, so that's one big difference. Uh, also, it tends to be that most law professors will give you essay exams. Uh, my understanding and just you know seeing students who are coming right out of an undergraduate environment and having talked to, to law students nationwide, my understanding is that a lot of colleges nowadays are testing more and more multiple choice and short answers and the like, uh, rather than straight essays. So a lot of the times a student may not have honed their writing skills to the extent that is necessary in order to successfully pass a law school essay exam. So that's another big, uh, a, a big difference. And also, just legal writing in, in, in any um, school or in any course is very different from the other types of writing that a student may be used to. And it's a formulaic type of writing. Um, when you're learning the IRAC method or a like method such as Ciroc or Crack or Track, um, all of that it comes um, as a very new type of writing for a lot of these students. And often the professors are expecting those kinds of methods to show up on your essays. And if you're not organizing your essays along those lines, you may not be getting all of the points. So that's, again, another big difference. She says IRAC and similar writing methods are integral to law school. And so IRAC stands for Issue, Rule, Analysis, or Application, and Conclusion. So you're starting off by essentially stating the legal issue or the question of law that you found in the fact pattern. Then you state the rule of law that applies to that fact pattern. Then you take the rule and you apply it to the facts, and this is really the essence of legal analysis. And then finally, you conclude on the issue that you stated above. So you're essentially uh, coming full circle in your writing. Think of it along the lines of uh, grade school math. You know, you're given a formula, and you're then given a problem, and you're told to apply the formula to the problem and come up with a solution. And that's much like what you're doing with IRAC. You're given a formula in the rule of law. You know, you learn your elements of negligence, for example. Then you're given a problem. And in this case, that problem is a fact pattern. 
and the facts are testing the issue of negligence. And so you take the rule and you apply it to the facts to figure out whether all of the elements of negligence were met. And that's your conclusion and that's your essentially solution to the problem. So it's very simple once you learn how to do it. The more you practice it, the more easily it will come to you. And the more you use it, uh, the more likely you are to find that legal writing and analysis get easier for you. A common mistake 1Ls make is getting caught up in individual cases and they don't organize properly. Fury Perry explains how seeing the big picture during your first year is a skill to hone to get you through the rest of law school. Um, I think that one mistake is not recognizing the amount of work that's going to be required when one starts law school, um, or perhaps just not having a seriousness of purpose about it that one is really required to have in order to approach the curriculum and the, uh, the, the learning style, the differences in terms of learning environment that a student may be used to from their undergraduate degree. And all of that, I think, goes into some of these mistakes that they make. Um, I believe that students, as soon as you figure out basically um, what you're doing in terms of briefing and reading cases and trying to call the rule of law from a case and uh, figuring out what that case really stands for and why you're reading it, as soon as you figure that out in your first semester, at that point it is time to start thinking about putting together the information. Basically, it's being able to see the forest from the trees. It's being able to put the information together in a way that makes sense to you, that is comprehensive and yet concise enough. A lot of students, I believe, miss that. And rather than spending the time, they believe that they need to worry about the cases, the facts of the case, which is often, you know, what gets brought up during class and Socratic discussion. And so they're so caught up in the facts of the case. They're so caught up in one individual case at a time addressing um, what they're reading that they don't learn how to put it all together and why it all matters and how it all comes together in one cohesive unit for each class. It can be helpful, especially after a disappointing exam performance, to take a look back at your preparation and critically assess what worked and what didn't. UCLA law student Nicole Kaunaki says the biggest mistake she and many students made as a 1L was not managing time well. It's crucial to tackling the heavy workload and fully grasping the concepts Fury Perry mentioned. Kaunaki shares a few strategies that she now uses. I, I do set certain days for studying for each exam, and I really try to stick to that schedule even if um, one class ends up being a little bit more challenging because it it can be really tempting to just, you know, spend an entire week because the material is so dense and, um, and interesting, but you have to move on and you have to pace yourself. The mistake University of Texas law student Epiphany Marquez made was skipping an essential study tool her first year. I didn't outline from the very beginning of um, the semester, for both semesters, it's just it's an easier, it's an easy thing to do um, just to summarize your notes even at the end of the week, um, at the end of each week, just to start seeing the bigger picture of the class. And I didn't do that my first year, and I, I do that now um, just to keep up with the class throughout the semester. Marquez explains how outlines have been helpful and shares tips on how she approaches the process. An outline just um, summarizes the main points of the class. Um, I actually usually kind of make a couple of outlines throughout the semester. I put together a really long outline, which summarizes my notes and 
um, I tend to write a lot of notes during class, um, and so it sort of summarizes my notes, and it usually ends up being um, pretty long, maybe about 50 pages, but for the exam, it's better to have a really well-organized outline, so I'll look at sort of that first draft of the outline that I made and, um, and cut it down even further, and I always make a table of contents for my outline also, so it's really easy to um, flip to the write section really quickly um, so that you don't waste any time on the exam. Fury Perry says that having a central document, such as an outline, helps students better process what's being taught and internalize it. Because passing law exams doesn't come from rote memorization. But, she adds, there are several ways to synthesize and retain course information. Some students don't write outlines, and that's perfectly fine. Some students are more visual, and perhaps a flowchart works better for them. Also, some students are more kinesthetic. I was one of those students, and I always wrote flashcards. I wrote out the complete rule statement on a flashcard, and I wrote out issue-spotting flashcards where I would put a hypothetical on one side of the flashcard and then turn it over and write down what the issue was and then write down the rule of law that corresponds to that issue. So I was learning the law in context. So there's various ways to do this. What is important is that, again, you take one central document or one central place where you're calling essential information and you're putting it all together in a concise manner that makes the most sense for you. I should add that in self-created outlines, it's essential to update them. I would recommend once a week, but even once every two weeks or so uh, is okay to do as long as you're consistent. Uh, Take a couple of hours a week out of your study plan. Schedule it in with pen (laughs) and make sure that you're sticking to that schedule in updating your outlines from the courses uh, that you're taking. And also I should add that uh, there is really no substitute for these self-created outlines. You know, you, you can't, you, commercial outlines are excellent in supplementing the material, but you can't internalize information, or at least most of us can't internalize information by simply reading somebody else's stuff. You know, using your own words, using your own created materials is always uh, a better choice because you're really learning it as you're writing. And one more thing to add to this is oftentimes you're going to end up with a really big document. You're going to end up with a 100-page, 200-page document uh, at the end of the course. What's important then is to learn how to condense it and then condense it again until you end up with something really workable, say a 10- to 20-page outline of just the basics that you can take with you during reading week and study it for the exam. While they shouldn't replace a student's self-created summarization customized for each class, Commercial outlines can be a good supplement and study tool. Wolters Kluwer Law and Business's Barbara Lassoff details what their manual outlines cover. A commercial outline is a, a compilation of the black letter law that a student needs to know, the case law that will be covered, most of the case law that will be covered in the course, as well as our Emanuel Law Outlines offer a lot of questions and answers, uh, exam tips, uh, essay questions and answers. It really is a synthesis of all the material that the student will cover in the course. Lassoff adds that commercial outlines like theirs help reinforce learning. Because we don't, of course, know what book a student is using, who the student's professor is, and exactly what that professor is going to cover, our outlines will cover more. 
so there's the opportunity for a student to look at case law where he may have had a case, one case. He'll find his case in, in the outline, but he'll also find another case or two that addresses the same subject that will help reinforce his learning. Um, our, the outlines also provide an abundance of questions and answers for students so that they can really practice. Because one thing a student, another thing a student can't do enough is practice. He needs a lot of questions and answers um, to get ready for that exam. And so the outlines have short answer questions and answers as well as essay, and many of them have multiple choice questions and answers. As they say, practice makes perfect, and all of our guests stress the importance of practice exams and questions. Marquez says taking practice exams are where students can separate themselves from the pack. I went through um, and looked at the example answers, um, and that was very helpful. I took, um, what I did was a lot of, there were a lot of previous exams posted, and so I went through the old exams um, and did them myself, and then I looked at the example answers to see how my answers compared, and I started to see a pattern, and I think what they teach you in um, legal writing is um, something called IRAC, which is um, spotting the issue, explaining the rule, applying it, and then concluding, um, writing a conclusion sentence, and you start to see a trend um, in all of the exams that that's the best way to set up your um, your answers. And so um, I think by looking at the old exam answers, you, you start to realize trends and you see what the professors are looking for. So it's helpful to identify trends in exams when studying. It's also smart to take practice exams under exam conditions, using time limits. As each professor's approach is different, another valuable piece of advice is to reach out to your professors, as Kaunaki explains. Sometimes you leave just as mystified um, or in disagreement with the professor about a specific point, but um, one thing it has taught me is that different professors just value different things about exams. So the next semester you go back and you start to think about, well, what is this professor stressing in the class? What is unique to this professor? Not, not going too overboard because at the end, a lot of law school exams are fundamentally the same, but uh, there are different tweaks for each professor. And I think talking it through with them after really taught me uh, you know, how to look for that. So what exactly are professors looking for when determining grades? Ferry Perry says there are four basic concepts. First things first, you're looking at a fact pattern, and that fact pattern is likely testing several different issues. The first step to all of this is to be able to spot those issues. And in building up this skill, you can take your professor's past exams. You can take hypotheticals that you've gotten in class. You can take um, questions, whether it's multiple choice or essay questions from review sources and materials. And you can look at those, and you'll notice that a lot of the times professors don't tend to reinvent the wheel when it comes to exams. So the fact patterns get recycled, the names and the places, and some of the facts get changed, but the issues that are tested stay the same. There's only uh, you know, a number of ways to test uh, a medical malpractice, for example, in a torts class. So if you've, taken, if you've done your diligent work and you've taken the time to look at some of these past exams, then you will start to see some similarities. And the next time you see that same type of fact pattern, theoretically you should be able to pick up on that issue right away. So issue spotting skills for sure. 
The second thing that I believe professors look for is, and this shouldn't come as a surprise to any law student, is the fact that your knowledge of the law must shine across very clearly. You've got to be able to communicate not only that you spotted that medical malpractice issue, but you then have to tell me what your definition is uh, for medical malpractice or professional negligence. You know, what are the elements that that plaintiff is going to have to prove in order to prevail on that claim? So that's the second thing, knowledge of the law. There really is no substitute for this. And you'll also find that the more you take the time to boil down these top concepts that your professors are likely to test, the, the more easily even issue spotting will come to you as you go. The third thing that uh, professors look for is, again, a great uh, organization in your writing. If you cannot put together a, an essay that is comprehensive and yet concise, that gets right to the point, and that addresses the issues, you're going to be in trouble. And general writing skills play into this as well. Um, you know, spelling and grammar may or may not break you on a law school exam, but it all goes towards showing uh, your writing skills, your professionalism, and the like. And she stresses the fourth concept. They're looking for great analysis, and perhaps this is the most important skill that you develop in law school, the ability to take the rule of law and apply it to a set of facts that uh, then you examine how that plays out and uh, you ultimately resolve the legal issue through good analysis, sound analysis. Looking at both sides of the issue often is uh, preferred by professors and maybe even throwing in policy considerations, um, historical considerations when they are relevant to the question. And just like every professor is different, so is each student. There are many different and effective ways to study whether it be in a library or at home, with a group or by yourself. Making a study schedule and sticking with it is paramount. Fury Perry also says experimenting with various study methods to find what works best for you is a sound approach. Try different methods from the very beginning of law school and then figure out what works for you throughout your first semester or so. Take that first semester just to experiment and then whatever works for you, stick with that throughout the rest of your law school career because typically that will be the method that helps the most. And even, I would even go as far as to say the bar exam. Um, so anything from more visual methods, such as writing things out. A lot of people learn doing that. Um, some people learn, uh, are, are auditory learners, so they learn by speaking, they learn by listening. And for those people, it might be really useful to have a study buddy or a study group to bounce ideas off of or even just to be tested by somebody um, who may not even know the law, who may not even be in law school. You know, your significant other who um, is willing to listen to you, or your cat, for that matter, who's willing to listen to you, uh, spout off legal concepts and be tested on terminology and the like. Um, so some people are, are, are benef benefiting from auditory learning um, techniques and preferences. And then some people are more kinesthetic learners, where maybe an online question program might be helpful. Again, flashcards really seem to help me, uh, where I was, I was forced to actually, have the, to actually make the movement of turning the card over and writing something on the other side. So that really helped me. Um, so you have to figure out what type of learner you are. Typically, whatever you've done throughout life up until this point, before you got to law school, may work best, but you have to adjust it. You have to recognize that law study is very different from undergraduate study, from high school, from anything else that you've ever done, whether you know, you're coming right out of undergrad or you've been a professional for years and years and years and you're now making a career change. 
anything that you've done before isn't like what you're doing now. So you may have to adjust your study methods, but typically someone who learned visually all of their lives will probably be uh, somebody who benefits from learning visually in law school as well. While our guests agree study groups are helpful as they give other perspectives, they all caution that too big of a study group may serve to confuse rather than help, as there may be too many opinions. Kaunaki says keeping distractions to a minimum has served her well. I am studying by myself the majority of the time. That's essential uh, to put in a few solid hours for each, you know, each case, each topic by yourself before you can talk about it with other people. Um, it's a matter of uh, self-discipline, I guess. But that doesn't mean I'm, I'm alone. I might be in a library or in a coffee shop with friends. So if, if they're, as long as they're the kind of friends that are also studying and, and um, motivating me to study more and not get distracted as much. Um, the Internet is a big temptation during, during finals especially. Um, it's a great way to procrastinate. And, um, you know, I think if you can find a friend who motivates you to go to that coffee shop that doesn't have Internet and you guys just work there all day, like, that's a really good strategy. Marika says it's smart to not get too overwhelmed. Her single most important piece of advice for prepping for law school exams? Get enough sleep throughout exams. I think, um, I know studying is very important. I think it's important to study throughout the semester, but especially during exams, I think you will start to see students just kind of losing it. And I think it's partly because they haven't had enough sleep. Um, and I think it's really important to, to make sure that you take care of yourself and that you're still eating right and you're sort of on a schedule um, so that you can do well on your exam. Kaunaki advises to thoroughly review your outline and leave enough time to do practice exams. As for during the exam, she adds, It's just important to not panic um, no matter what happens. If you realize you read a question incorrectly, like it's not the end of the world, it's not going to necessarily um, destroy your grade right then and there. Um, there. Lots of people make those kinds of mistakes because they're reading too fast or thinking too fast. And, um, and I think that that level of panic is what can actually uh, slow people down or throw off the rest of an exam. Um, I think just doing the practice exams in advance really um, is so valuable because it shows you how to recover from situations where you maybe misread the question and you have to rethink it. Grades are, of course, important. Fury Perry details what students should focus on first year. In terms of analyzing your own performance, first of all, I mean, there, there are grades, obviously, so you can't ignore the numbers and you can't ignore those lovely letters that you get in the mail. Um, and you, you do have to be realistic and you have to be honest with yourself about how you're doing. If you're falling in line with the rest of the class, and you seem to be right in the average, that's okay. That's okay. So don't worry so much about grades that that becomes the only thing that's on your mind. Remember that 90% of your class will not be in the top 10%. And that means, you know, you're, you're really shooting to just understand the material, to get through that first semester, or that first year of law school, to get through the fog that we so often refer to, and uh, to be able to take with you what you need to internalize in order to successfully um, complete the program. You know, think about it in terms of skill building as well. You're there to learn how to think like, how to think like a lawyer. You're there to analyze. Um, you're there to learn how to apply the law to a set of facts. And you're also there to hone your practical skills writing skills, 
communication skills, those are very uh, important to hone as a law student because a lot of employers are looking for, for you to really hit the ground running as you get out. And as Fury Perry reminds us, the solid practices and skills you develop now will directly correlate to your future law career. One thing that I think helps tremendously in being able to pass the bar is to sort of keep the bar um, in front of you the entire time that you are a law student. Don't just think it's an exam that you're going to have to worry about when you're done because really you can use those three or four years of law school to help you prepare for the bar, to consciously know what you're, what you're going to be tested on on the bar, and even maybe take some courses that are going to be tested on the bar as electives that are not required by your law school, and keep that goal in mind and keep it right in front of you as you go through the law school curriculum. By finding your most effective study method, outlining from the get-go, utilizing practice questions, answers, and exams often and diligently, understanding what an individual professor values and synthesizing and internalizing the material, you can be well prepared to tackle your exams. Remember to take care of yourself and don't panic. Use your first semester to develop an effective strategy that works for you. Stick with it and you can excel on your law school exams. For more information, a transcript of the show, or to register to receive more Law School podcasts, visit lawschoolpodcaster.com. Look for us on Facebook and Twitter to get the latest news and insight into the world of law school. This is Law School Podcaster. I'm Althea Legaspi. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned next time when we explore another topic of interest to help you succeed in the law school application process and beyond.